This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Brady's Missed back. You guys. Hey. You guys. Latimer's back. Lat's <laughs> back. Latimer's back. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, Lat's man. back. <laughs> the best thing I saw in regards to uh, referencing the program, which is the movie we're referencing, yeah. is someone asked why we can't have an oil exchange for the, uh, the COVID. Hmm. Like, why, like why, why we just can't have someone give us an oil exchange to fix it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not doing oil exchanges anymore. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. need to stay away they from more, that. More advanced ways. Is yeah. that, by the way, is that yeah. the best football movie ever? The program? I mean, it's... I think it is. It was the very... most stereotypical. It was the most stereotypical. That's, that's, a good, sure. that's a good way of putting it. What do you it. mean, guys laying down in traffic? That's See this a... suit? Says Adidas, bitch. <laughs> no, that's I was all like, I need to read. You, you checked off like all these stereotypical boxes that people think are on a football team. Like, oh, you've got your uh, your heartthrob quarterback who also happens to have a drinking problem. <laughs> then you've got uh, you 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 got your stud linebacker whose career ends. his career ends because his you know he has a knee injury and that's the that's the end of it for him. You got your white guy try hard. He's the, a steroid the two, guy. The two running backs are fighting over yeah. the same girl, and one of them's the yeah. underclassman. Yeah, she just happens the, to be highly. Barry, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. that too. Uh, I yeah. mean, that really exists in real life. <laughs> by the way, by the way, low key though, was it uh, was it Gene Hackman who was the coach in that? Uh, oh uh, no, 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 no! It's uh, Kane. Um, yeah, uh, James Con. Yeah, James sorry, no, I was thinking yeah, not Kane. Yeah, and then yeah. you've got him, who's as dirty as can be, right? Oh, yeah. Like just trying to do whatever he can to keep his players uh, to, on the to, field. To where the backup quarterback's dating his daughter, and yeah. he like just kind of tolerated <laughs> it because he needed him to win a game when uh, his starting quarterback was in rehab. I mean, listen, it's just a movie for the whole family. I, I don't know what to tell it's you. A family movie, <laughs> like you know, and filmed at uh, Williams Bryce Stadium in uh, South Carolina. How about that? So that is true. You can leave yeah, that out. Yeah, a little, yeah. little movie knowledge for you here. They, they try to sell you on that when you're a recruit there. They will tell you that. No, they the don't. Program. Well, they don't anymore because <laughs> no one's seen that movie <laughs> wait, God they, knows how long. Wait, they actually did try and sell some? Did you get recruited by I kid you not. I kid you not. Like, I really went down there just to see Lou Holtz. All right? Like, I, I you know, grew up a Notre Dame fan, loved Lou Holtz, and – he was the head coach there at the time. So when he when you get a letter from Lou Holtz, it's like, all right, we got to go. We, we, we got to go see this guy. And uh, I really went down there for that. Jesus. And, but they'll tell you when you walk, oh, does this look familiar? You remember this? Do you remember our stadium for the program? I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> Starting tailback. What a re- <laughs> Darnell Jefferson. They got that right. What a uh, what it's one what of the most influential pitch. movies, that's yeah. for certain. No, it was, uh, it was oh. a good movie. Um I would like to uh I would like to can I just call myself out on something here? Um I would just, you know, wanna, you know, be very transparent with all of this. Uh we did a mid season awards uh in the NFL. We we're handing out some uh, mid season awards. Uh and the worst team category, I think everybody kind of went around and you know, d- the Jags were thrown out, I think the Jets. Uh, I picked the Dolphins. Uh that was mine. Uh and I believe that they have not lost a game since. Uh and they didn't lose last night. Obviously New Orleans was uh undermanned and, uh, you know, starting a rookie quarterback. And there'll be plenty on that later because Brady Quinn's name was also thrown into uh, into the conversation uh, uh, and making the rounds on social media and on ESPN afterwards. But uh, the Miami Dolphins have won seven straight games. They're the uh, seven spot.
spot in the AFC playoffs. And credit where credit is due, Brady, you're down there. Uh, Brian Flores and company were feeling the heat a little bit, but Tua, Flores, they've stabilized things, and they are, uh, they're rolling a little bit right now. I don't know what sort of a threat they pose to the AFC, but as it stands right now, they're a wild card team. Yeah, as it stands right now, they do need to win out. Like, this is setting up for a Week 18 matchup versus New England where it's winner takes all. The winner of that game most likely is going to end up, and this is assuming everyone takes care of business next week, but the winner of that game will most likely be the wild, be one of the wild card teams. And it, and it couldn't get any better than Mac Jones versus Tua Tonga-Vailoa, two guys obviously who played together at Alabama, all, all, everything that goes into that. And obviously Bill Belichick and, and his pupil, if you will, and Brian Flores and, and those two, the history there. So I just I, I can't wait for that. I hope it gets to that point where that's what's on the line because it'd be incredible. But as far as the job Brian Flores has done, you have to give him a lot of credit for staying the course. Now, he, he didn't have another option really at quarterback. It was, it was just Tua this year. Once Ryan Fitzpatrick decided to move on, it was just Tua. And it's been the best thing for this team is letting him essentially play through any issues, whether it's physically or mentally, and now you see what you get on the other side. Like one of the most glaring differences in last night's game, outside of the fact that clearly you know, the, the Saints were dealing with some issues with COVID, but it was the difference in, in a second-year player and understanding how to handle pressure at the quarterback spot versus a rookie in his first start. Like that was the biggest difference. Both teams were bringing pressure. Both, both quarterbacks were under duress. It was Tua, though, who's played enough now, who has a better feel for it, who handled it much better when he needed to in order to get the job done. So, it, look, it's not always flashy. It's not always going to impress you with his arm strength or anything else. But he continually comes up and makes enough plays from the quarterback spot. This team does enough defensively. So say what you want, man. This Dolphins team, there's a bunch of fighters, a bunch of guys who decided to not listen to that outside noise. And they may be the first team in NFL history to actually go 1-7 and and make it into the playoffs. We've never seen that before. It's pretty crazy, 1-7. and But and, and also, Tua is looking more comfortable in his own skin. You know, I think that seeing the way he moved last night, it, there seems to be a confidence there. And listen, anybody who's played this game will tell you, if you have confidence from your quarterback, that resonates, that permeates through the rest of the team. That is just what it is. Like, I, he doesn't even have to be like a vocal leader. You just know if your quarterback is feeling good about himself and he's feeling good about the way he's handling things, your team is going to to feed off of that. So he looked like he was he was ready to go. This this Miami Dolphins team, like by all things given, I'm not I don't know Flores like I, I don't know him like that. I know him as the head coach. I, I I've heard of him when he was an assistant, but I don't know him very well. But from what I know of him and the times we heard like the Jay Z music in practice where he was glaring dudes out that somebody was complaining or whatever, and I think it was a uh, Cooks or somebody was was doing something weird, and he was like, "Yeah, play the Jay Z." From what I know of him, he just looks like he's one of them, one of those coaches that gets recruits. He's just he's just a real dude. They they in in, in the streets they call him a real a, a real a you know <laughs> dude, right? He's one of just them real dudes, and it seems as though. This this team has really, really transitioned and has has really bought into 
his approach. Sometimes it could go wrong because Judge is is kind of like the same dude, but from a different a different cultural perspective, right? So I saw your face when I said that, but it hey. is different culturally speaking, <laughs> right? Like like being tough from from the inner city and being from from you know a black community versus being maybe from a, a tough tough city, you know. Italian background, it's different, but you still look at him. You'd be like, "That's a real dude. Like he's 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 tough. You know, he's got like that no nonsense about him." Flores, it seems to be permeating. It seems to be taking hold. I mean, maybe not so much in New York, but you seem to to see a team that really believes in what their personality is and how that can apply to them winning games. I I, I don't think it could be understated. Like starting one in seven and doing what they're doing. Because there's so many people, and Jonas, you obviously are guilty of this. Yeah, but right here. There, there's, a, there's a ton of people who write them off and write every negative thing possible, and everyone needs to be fired. Everyone needs to lose their job. Everyone needs to be on a different team. There's so many people that say that. Like, I've been a part of groups like that where, like, you just, you weren't going to overcome it. Or, or you suffered so many injuries, too, to the point where you had backups playing. And like, it was just it was hard to be able to overcome some of that. And, and they've been able to do it. it. It truly is like a remarkable, remarkable season for them. If they even get to nine wins, it'd be, it'd be incredible to me. I don't know if they'll end up making the playoffs, if they do anything once they make the playoffs. But they'll have a chance. Like, that's a team that's kind of dangerous only because of their style of defense, how aggressive they play. And their offense seems to be able to make plays from time to time. They've got some creativity to what they do. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, you, you give them a fighter's chance in any game, I think, if they make it into the uh, the playoffs as a wild card team. When it comes to Tua, is part of the evaluation or maybe it's the expectations that have been skewed? Because we look at his draft class and we go, Joe Burrow's putting up monster numbers. Uh, Justin, Herbert's, uh, Justin Herbert appears to have all the goods, the physical traits, all that stuff, even though they came off a bad loss against Houston. How much of, of the evaluation of Tua – isn't the most fair just based on who he's going to be compared to because he came out in the same draft class. Similar to a Trubisky, although he was taken ahead of uh, Mahomes and and Deshaun Watson. But when you look at Tua, I just don't think he's as bad as some people have made him out to to be. And, And as some people, including his own coaching staff, did at times last year when they were yanking him out of the lineup over and over again. I just wonder how much of this is just the comp in comparison to who he was drafted with. Well, It's kind of like kids. Like, for anyone who has multiple kids, like, you, you, you try to raise them with, like, similar values, morals, ethics, all those things, but they're not all the same. Like, you can't treat them all the same. And, and, and I don't think it's any different with, with these three because of the way they were born into the NFL. Like, Justin Herbert from day one wasn't viewed as the starter. They were wanting him to sit by until Rod Taylor. Then he got thrusted in. And, and he's still been able to overcome that. And, and probably if you were going to redraft, maybe you'd take Burrow still. But it'd be hard to pass on Herbert based on how he's looked. But then you look at Burrow, and, and he's been an example of, well, he was the guy. He had the greatest college football season we've ever seen. And, and he was going to be the guy from day one, literally. I mean, they were giving him install packets while they're interviewing him <laughs> at the combine because they knew they were going to take him. And then they've built out around him. And so now you're seeing the, the fruits of all of that because they built out around him. And, and, and then he went through an injury, but then he recovered over that, and they continued to keep building out around him. It's just, it's been the exact opposite for Tua. 
you know, he, he went to an organization that really didn't believe in him, at least it didn't seem like, with the way they handled him his rookie season. And now because, you know, their hands been kind of forced, they've had to keep him in there. You know, when he's been healthy, they've had to play him. And they're starting to see what he's capable of. But they all have different physical attributes. I mean, we, we love, we love the, the, the deep ball, right? We love, we love, you know, hitting for home runs. Like, that's what we love. That's Herbert. That's what Joe Burrow can do. You know, Tua doesn't have a strong of an arm. So it, it, it's a different way of playing the game, but he can still get the job done. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Berto, have you ever had a serious like altercation at one of the games where you were being a fan <laughs> and you had to defend yourself? Many times. Who are you talking to? Many yeah. times. <laughs> Give me one. Give me one good one that doesn't incriminate you. Uh, yeah, it can do that. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Well, there we go. All right. I know. Well, I did, I did get kicked, out, kicked out of Dodger Stadium one time. Uh, I was in Stadium Pavilion. I got kicked out. I ended up ended up on ended up in field level. So that was an upgrade. So you got kicked hey, out, but you ended on. up on the field level. Yeah, because that's all security was back th- back then. Hold on a second. How the hell did you get from the like? That's a completely different part of the stadium. Yeah, it's a, like it almost isn't even part of the stadium. So you migrated. Yeah, tricks. You migrated as well. Yeah. You did. <laughs> oh my god, okay. that is uh, that's unbelievable. Back uh, in the day, if you smoked cigarettes, it would like like mark your ticket in the back, and my my buddy like figured out how the guy's signature was, so he like just copied it and. We did it standing by there. Like, yeah, we're just smoking cigarettes here. By the way, the smoking section at Dodger Stadium was literally like a four by eight box. Yeah, and everybody just huddled around before COVID <laughs> and just had heaters in their mouths. Uh, like, they didn't even, it was just so weird, man. Oh. Yeah, but there's again. nothing sexy about cigarettes, man. Never had one. Uh, me neither. You've never smoked a cigarette? Never. Hey, not Brady. One. Well, one of us, man. Like, we yeah. didn't think there were many of those left. Never we haven't either, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll still never forget when I, I remember I was out in Scottsdale. And I think we were out at a bar, a club, whatever. I was with my buddy. And I couldn't find him looking around. You know, bar's closing. And I walk outside. He is smoking a cigarette like a champ. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things where you looked at him, you're like, I, I mean, and ever <laughs> since he moved to my hometown, we were like inseparable. Best man in my wedding, all that. He's smoking this cig, and I'm like, I've never known that you smoked <laughs> ever. Like, you've never – we tell each other everything, man. Like, we both know, like, where the bodies are buried. And I was like, it looks like you've been doing this your whole damn life. And he just kind of looked at me and nodded, gave me a wink, and he's just talking to some chick, and he pulled the cigarette <laughs> off of it. I'm like, what the hell is this, man? But, yeah, I, I just I, – I've never wanted to ever try. Me never neither. been appealing. Never yeah, been appealing. Not my, uh, not my thing. Yeah, um, pretty gross. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. not trying to judge y'all who smoke, but hey. you should stop. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> judging you, but you should stop. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if you're gonna uh, do it, it's isn't it cool to put it out on the bottom of your shoe? It's like a better look. You know uh, what I, mean? I, I, I would think lighting your your match on your pants like Clint Eastwood used to do. Yeah, I'm a, a big Clint Eastwood. I'm a big Clint Eastwood. What are you laughing at, Lamar? I'm a big Clint Eastwood. What are you laughing at, Lamar? Fistful of dollars. Yeah, a little, yeah. Uh, little, little, uh, yeah. a little hide and go seek on TV more. too. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, here we go. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, there, that's a movie that couldn't be made today. Uh, all right, it is uh, two no. pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. It's LeVar Arrington, it's Brady Quinn, it's Jonas Knox, uh, and uh, we've got ourselves uh, the coaching carousel in the NFL that is heating up. So he- here's how this works. This is a new rule this year, starting today, to where teams can interview candidates on other teams and and get in get an early start on this whole thing so if they want to move on from a coach they can already have discussions with other assistant coaches around the league so the jaguars um are probably you know going to be reaching out to some uh some coaches and some assistants are going to be having discussions uh, with these other guys and there's been some rumblings that uh there could be some other coaches that are on the hot seat that uh, teams may also want to be having conversations with assistants to try and fill the void uh one of those uh We've heard this before is Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears. Uh, The report out this weekend was if things go bad enough for them in Seattle, that the Bears could make a change Monday, meaning yesterday, to try and get a head start on their coaching search. Uh, Well, as it turned out, the Bears rallied, uh, won a game on the road at Seattle, and then Matt Nagy was asked about some of the rumors again, not the first time this season he's had to answer these questions, and he was asked by the media, here's his response and the expectation on where he stands with the organization throughout the rest of the year. We stay on the same path as far as the communication that, that we have with George, Ted, Ryan, and myself. Nothing's changed there. And every year you're always aware of the situation of your team and players, coaches, all of that stuff. And we're continuing to, to move forward this week and prepare for the Giants. And I and we all owe that to each other for today and for this week with the Giants and finishing out this week on a high note, trying to get a win and then doing it again in the final game of the season. So nothing has changed as far as communication that way. Yeah, oh. he's out of there. Okay. <laughs> it's over. It's over, Johnny. Uh, by the way, do you think he already knows, Brady, that he's out of there? Or, or would he even uh, still be in the building if he was uh, already given the clue that he was going to be gone? I, I think he's got an idea. I, I, I honestly don't think many of these coaches are in the dark. I, I, I know one NFL coach who... Literally, I think it was the uh, the owner. He texted him after the game and just said, "Hey, uh, why don't you just come down and meet in the coach's office quick so we can get this over with?" Like he knew it was coming as soon as their final <laughs> game of the season hit, and it was like that quick of a conversation. Like both really? sides, of that shit. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this stuff isn't a, a well kept secret. Uh, no one keeps secrets anymore. It's just it's hard to in this this day and age. Uh, I do think it's interesting though the idea that you're getting the jump on other teams who want to make this decision maybe by a couple of weeks. Does that provide you that much of an advantage? I mean, if, if I'm a highly coveted or potential head coaching candidate, a highly coveted one, am, am I just like jumping at the first opportunity that I'm given? Or am I going to be more patient to say, Let, let's see what other opportunities come from this? Like, I don't know that in the NFL – it, it really plays to an advantage to, to wait. Well, or to even start mm. though. Like what's the point of starting at this point? So you got a couple extra week head start. I mean, look, I don't know. Again, I've never been through a head coaching search, you know, never owned a team. I couldn't tell you if that, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at more saying if I, if I was a potential candidate, I don't know that I'm rushing to go be the next head coach of one of these 32 NFL teams without knowing what other opportunity is going to be there at the end of the season. So they can make whatever decision they want. I mean, the reality is if you're just going to base it, not firing them off of this one win, okay, but I think you need to look at the entire body of work. 
And that's the tough thing. When you look at Matt Nagy's entire body of work, he's got a decent win-loss record. Like, I know it's gone in the wrong direction since he's gotten there. And maybe he's to blame for that. There's a lot of things I can blame for that. <laughs> right. That's funny. Uh, hey, listen, it, it, it's interesting because the 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 conundrum is waiting versus jumping on it, knowing that you could be the next Urban Meyer. You could be the next Nagy. You could be you could be one of these guys that doesn't get a a real substantial amount of time to to make something happen to make it work. Or you could actually find yourself in a position where it could work out. And I think that the the problem that coaches will face is that you do have to move on it. If if a team comes your way and says, "Look, we want to hire you. We want to try to get this done now." You have to move on it. You can't. It, it's almost. I, I would. I would say what what coaches out there that would be available would actually have the mindset of saying, "And eh, let me let me hold off and wait, and let me see how many other teams might want to offer me uh, a gig. Let, let's just see what the landscape is going to be." I think that when you get hit with the opportunity and you get that call, you got to take it, and and it could be a jacked up situation. It could be Jacksonville. But you're doing it for the money then. Yeah, you're, you're, you're basically saying, well, I need the payday. I, I don't even payday. know if it's – I mean, I'm certain the money would play a part in it, but I think it's more the opportunity as well. You know, it's it's like I'm going to take the opportunity because even if I fail in this opportunity of being the head coach of this, this crappy team, I still had the opportunity to try and make it better than what it was before. Because ultimately, coaches are looking at it from the standpoint of everybody thinks that this is a crap organization or crap team anyway. So if I go in here and I can do halfway decent, somewhat decent, for one, I put head coach on my resume as as an NFL coach. Two, I made some good money while I was doing it. And three, we all know that somebody's going to hire you on their staff somewhere else as a defensive coordinator, as an offensive coordinator, as as an analyst. They're going to hi- they're going to hire you. They're you're going to get retreads all over the place. But then you get a situation well, like Cam Cameron or Steve Wilkes, where the situation's sure. bad enough. Those guys are never ever going to get an opportunity again. Steve Wilkes, right or wrong, fair or not, is never going to get an opportunity to be a head coach I, again. By the way, I, I think it's an unrealistic scenario what you're saying, only because I'm not saying that as a candidate you're not going to take that interview. But the job's not going to be offered right now. It's not going to be offered in the next two weeks. If you're starting your search now, you're doing it to give yourself more time and so that you can bring in, I would imagine, a list of candidates. I mean, you still have to fulfill the Rooney rule anyway, and then you have to move on after that to find the right coach. So I don't know that you're all of a sudden making a quick decision because what real jump does that give you? Again, you're talking about two weeks between now and the end of the season for other teams that are going to be in the same boat that you're competing with. So I I, I just – I think a lot of these these, job openings – you know, if, if you want to do it two weeks early, great. But I, I don't know that that really changes the, or, or makes a difference in who you're going to end up with the head coach. I, I really don't. I don't think it makes a difference because they probably already know who their head coach is going to be before they even get to the interview. Or, right. or a list, a small list of guys that they're oh, no, they, in. Well, they're going to have a list because they may not get the guy that they want, but they know who they want. They already know who they want. Like Rooney Rule, all that other, yeah, that's fine. Semantics, they know who they want. So, so the two weeks doesn't matter outside of are we going to get the guy that we want. I, I would say the only the only people that, that it does truly matter to 
and and it should matter to the organization because it matters to them is the fan base and it's because you're always constantly when you're I, I saw this firsthand when your team sucks as bad as it like some of these teams suck like Pitt, the, the Washington football team sucked you had to start selling hope even before the season was over for the next season to win that off season whatever it may have been when you suck that bad you got to do things that appease your fan base and whatever that may be you're going to do it whether it's going after a high profile uh a free agent whatever it may be as you get into to the end of the season and going into that off season these organizations have to figure out how are we going to continue to sell hope and and otherwise, you know, kind of interpret it hopeless situation. You know what's weird about the whole you already know who your guy is, which which I buy into. I think there's teams out there that have identified or this is the one that's going to make it's sense. Their dream guy, and, not- and and also if you if your GM is still going to stay in place, like the Bears, it, it's Ryan Pace could be in trouble as, as well too. That's been out there, so it could be a wholesale change. But like in his in, hair's not, I mean, yeah, his hair looks great, great hair, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable hair. Um, was it like a contour? Is that the old uh, the old hairspray that he uses? That or is it I, just? I think, go- I think he uses mane and tail. To wash it. That's I mean, a good it's, point. It's, mm. I mean, I'm just saying, is that, isn't that that horse shampoo? Yeah, that, that's yeah. a good point. Um, oh, wow. It's just got that beautiful oily coat to it. He does, uh, definitely does. But like with with the the bear, like Jacksonville, Trent Balky is going to stay put, and he's going to have a you know communication with. Man, that dude's uh, a survivor. He is uh, definitely. He gotta, is man. You got to wonder how he's able to pull that off all the time. You know, it's it's almost like. I, uh, I literally, you know. look at the track record back to <laughs> back to the 49ers. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but with, with like, the, the coaching search, like, Mike Tomlin, he was a Rooney Rule interview. They weren't thinking about hiring Mike Tomlin. Like, he, they, they brought him in because they needed to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's. Sean McVay wasn't. I don't think everything plays out by the book. You know what but, I mean? Like, you could say, well, the Rooney Rule doesn't do what it's supposed to do. I mean, there can be exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, you got to believe when somebody like if you don't think for two seconds the Steelers had an idea who they wanted their coach to be, who this is who we want. This is the coach we want. However, it it ended up what whoever ended up getting the interviews or who got hired or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, these these teams know who they want. So if somebody comes in and they wow someone and they they create an opportunity for themselves. I'm not saying that that's not a possibility to happen. I mean, things can happen. You know, you get that opportunity, you take advantage of it. But I'm just saying, it's it's highly unlikely if the guy that the candidate that's available that they want, they already know who the person is. They're already generally familiar with them, or their reputation is so sky high. They're so hot right now that you want that. This is what I want. This is who I want. Look at what Arizona did. This is who I want. <laughs> That's what the Rams did. Yeah. This is who I want. You know, it's what Green Bay did. So, I mean, but but generally speaking, you know, there is the opportunity. That's why you do interviews. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast this is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth 
absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. 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 Come on, Brady. We some hustlers, baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hell yeah, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, two pros and a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yippee. Yes. Yeah. It's, Yippee. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Yippee Sports Radio. Yeah. Get a uh, own little doggy. It's, it's your misfortune and none of my own. You know what's you know what movie? That? You don't know what movie? No. Come is on, that, man. Uh, the program. Uh, is that the program? Yes. yes. Oh, the offensive lineman. Yeah, he was beating him to death while he was singing the oh, song yeah, to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy with the clown wig. He's got that curly yeah, hair. He's got yeah, like the clown yeah, wig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, the hey, program. LeVar, did you used to say in the huddle? What was it? What was that he used to walk in the huddle and say? Uh, Something about letting the paramedics sort him out. Kill them all, let the paramedics sort him out. Yeah. Kill him and kick A. Hey. Hit him so hit him so hard his girlfriend well, dies. Well, that's in the meeting room. <laughs> yeah. And and the, and the funny the funny point that they were making was uh, uh, um, Alvin Mack, the the linebacker, was super sophisticated in understanding defenses and and how the offenses work, but couldn't right. read a book. Yeah, it's like what you it's like what you put your attention on, right? It's like what you want to be great at, and that was the that was the whole point. But like he was smart, Doug. Didn't the uh, didn't Alvin Mack's son in real life play football? Yeah, who's his was son? Was an All American. In, in fact, he came out maybe two, three yeah. years or so ago. I want to like say that. we got to look that up. We got to find out. We'll, we are efforting uh, Alvin Mack's son uh, and uh, and who he is in real life. So this is important, uh, crucial this. Uh, discussion point here on the what do you program. Think Joe Kane's doing right now. You know, uh, he was uh, doing, drinking. He was doing. So- oh yeah, you said he lives <laughs> yeah. out near you, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a. Let's go live to our. I have the background on Alvin Mack in real life and who his son is. Insider lead to laugh for the latest. Lee, Ohio State lineman Wyatt Davis is the son of there Alvin. You go. Mack. Are that's you kidding me? Yes, wow. that's who it is. That's a stud. Yeah, that's a stud, man. And uh, and and his dad, uh, I guess, like he was saying, uh, I don't think he ever saw the movie or he wasn't that familiar with the movie, so he didn't understand like pop culture wise, like how how. <laughs> important that movie was he had dude. me ruined and by the way he was also in another movie he was the receiver i remember yeah. unnecessary roughness he couldn't catch a ball yeah <laughs> yeah why is he he's much he... less much less respectable figure in that <laughs> it's like man that's alvin mack man yeah, come what on are you bro doing alvin mack, mack why is he playing wide receiver i ran onto the field with my arms out to the sides like i was the real life alvin mack bro. yeah and and real life, like real life, like I'm running, and it was based off of that was '93. It totally like you gotta think going into my my playing football. I thought I was Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd was that's my model player. That's my favorite player of all time. But when when the program came out, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, Jonas, <laughs> we went as a team in '93 to go see the program when it came out. And they did the lay in the street in the lanes scene. They had to yeah. delete the scene. They took the scene <laughs> out did. of the movie yeah. permanently. Um, How come? Because dumb asses like yeah. myself and other dumb asses were laying in streets. A human frogger. We were laying in streets like, this is not smart. Let's get up and go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't a busy highway, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was well lit, you know. <laughs> I mean, we was, we was hedging our bets, but... 
Yeah, man. Like Alvin Mack totally like evolutionized the way I wore my my uniform, the way I I ran, and the way I <laughs> the way I talked. I definitely talked to my teammates that way. Like, hey yeah. guys, hey, hey, y'all, hey, we're gonna tear the tear the kick. Hey, we're gonna hey, we're gonna let the paramedics sort them out. All right, that's what we're gonna do. Oh man, hey, we see. Uh, what was it? Uh, Johnny Moxon, um, and just some. I mean, that like that was a little before my time. So Varsity Blues was like more of like yeah. an influential kind of back then. Sure, but there was one particular scene that I think actually ended up probably influencing uh, more women than men in that That's one. That's a good least. point. I well, yeah. listen, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, like, you I, like know. I didn't even know that was a thing until <laughs> that scene. And then I was like, "Oh, look! You don't want whipped cream to go whipped to waste. Whipped cream, yeah. cherries can I mean, be used in a some, variety some of ways." T- and here, let me just—it gave new meaning to cherry on top for it, certain. It, yeah. it, it definitely does. Yeah. Uh, but here's here's the thing: is that when you know Thanksgiving comes around, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people like whipped cream on their uh, pumpkin pie, Where are you and maybe going, you man? maybe you buy uh, too much whipped cream. You don't want Where it to go going? to waste. I'm just going, saying. Man? Like, you know, it's not, uh, you know. Did you do that this year? No. For Christmas? No, I did not. No, I don't. Uh, that's too much sugar Feliz in Navidad? That. Yeah, too much sugar in that. Oh, no, that was uh, the tamale wrappers. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You got to, uh, you know. Oh, okay. That's uh, you know, a whole other story for another time. Oh, but, uh, okay. again, Rex likes feet. Some people like uh, whipped cream. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you. could you imagine being a real-life football star, though? Honestly, like. No, I can't. High school. As a matter of high fact. High school. <laughs> yes, College for certain. But ask yourselves this: you were you were I mean, an all American. I couldn't Brady even Quinn, imagine being damn Brady Heisman Quinn. finalist. I, I could not imagine being Brady Quinn in high school or college. Couldn't imagine it. I what were we going to talk run. about this? Segment? Yeah, I don't know. This was yeah, surely this, not this. This is where he gets. I had a great run. This is where he gets uncomfortable. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Look, Brady don't like that. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Brady don't like what you directed <laughs> on, on how like good it. looking he hey, is. Hey, Brady. But, I mean, he's uh, a Brady, what's, dude. Brady, what's it like being a star, man? I know you love this stuff. This is always uh, comfortable he's for you. He's a humble what guy. You know what? This may sound controversial. It may. I think the Jaguars have gotten worse. Yeah. I'm just saying. It may sound controversial. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence is still a superstar <laughs> yeah. down at that boy. Yeah, I'm just that. saying, like everyone tried to blame Urban Meyer. Good stuff. And they look awful now. Yeah, they are. Uh, it was bad. like, oh, hey, hey, let's fire him so we can win the next couple of games. You know, maybe Daryl Bevel will have the same amount of wins as. Er- I remember that whole. Yeah, that I'm going to always gas Brady up. Oh, well, just listen. so y'all know, I'm going to always gas him. <laughs> he hates That's it. All. He can't stand he it. He hates it. I'm always gassing. Um, here's but. You know what's funny is we def- not that we defended Urban Meyer. We just simply directed our it out. we directed our criticism towards the coverage of Urban Meyer and directed our criticism well, and every towards every college coach for that yes. matter. And also the organization who's been a disaster for years upon years, acting and like he broke what y'all had. We got crushed. <laughs> Urban broke it. I know. Like he, like hey, we had a great run here. And <laughs> Urban he ruined came it all. in. He lost our trust. Oh, that bastard. He broke what we had. We had this culture. It was going we, in the right direction. Direction, oh, like, we got we got whoa. crushed. We got how could you defend dude? It's not defending Urban Meyer. It's simply pointing out that while everybody is 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 directing their anger towards Urban Meyer and just ripping him to pieces because it's a cool thing to do because everybody's doing it on Twitter and it's mob mentality. And I want I want likes too, so let me give my Urban Meyer take. All we did was point out 
Hey, man, like, you know, the, the crummy bathroom's not the only thing, problem in the house. All right, how about the, the garage? It's got a dead body inside of it. How about the, how about the uh, you know, the molding, uh, the mold that's on the uh, the, the ceiling oh. tiles in, in the other bathroom? Like, the idea that Jacksonville has now rid themselves of their problems, and it was just Urban Meyer, and we're all good here, the team stinks. They're bad, and they've gotten worse since he left, but we don't hear about that anymore. All we heard about was, well, you know, now that Daryl Bevel is the uh, the head coach there, he's got an opportunity to, as an interim uh, coach to win, win more, more games. than Urban. I, wh- where's that loser that asked the question? That's all I want to know. What a loser. Because he can only tie now, correct? Yeah. 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 Loser. And that ain't happening with their schedule. But I'd also say this. Uh, they have the number one overall pick in next year's draft as it currently stands. And they're probably going to have it two years in a row. And it's a bad year to have the number one overall pick. <laughs> and that's not a slight, by the way, to Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. It's not. It's, it's a bad year to have the number one overall pick because you want it to be a year where everyone is looking at a top quarterback and saying, hey, I'm Detroit. I don't, I'm not drafting number one. But I want to go get that guy. Or I'm Houston. We know Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be here anymore. I need to trade up to go get that guy. I swear to God, I, I honestly feel like the New York Giants, if they had identified a quarterback in this draft class, they probably would have a different tune with how they handled Daniel Jones down the stretch. Because I think they might go back in and try to get someone. But I don't feel like they feel like that guy's in this draft. But that's the power of the number one overall pick is when you have that pick – and you don't need them because, look, the Jaguars don't. I, I don't care how the optics and what this has looked like statistically for Trevor Lawrence. You put on the tape, you watch the tape, you see his ability, and you see the lack of what's around him. You see the lack of creativity in their offense, all those things. Like, they get a better play caller in there. They get him more help, more protection. It's going to be a different story. But the problem is they sit at number one, and there's not going to be any suitors to trade out of that pick. And so, not that you're stuck taking an Aiden Hutchinson or a Kayvon Thibodeau, because those guys could help you, but the reality is they've spent first-round picks on DNs. Josh Allen, yeah. namely, is, is one who ended up going to a Pro Bowl. Kayvon uh, Chason is another one. And so, you know, you, yeah, go gra- draft another guy up there on the edge. The reality is you need more picks. You need more help on, on each side of the football and everything you do. And the only way you're going to get that is if you get someone to trade up number one so you could trade back and accumulate more picks, get more talent in this roster to help out Trevor Lawrence and help out the next head coach. Uh, so who, th- that's the issue. Who's the quarterback, though? If, Matt if Corral. Okay, you think that would be the guy? If anybody was going to make a move. I think it's I love, Pickett. I love, you know, Pickett played in my eighth grade all-star game. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know what the knock is? You know what the only knock you're going to oh. hear about him? Small hands. Yeah, yeah, I there, heard and, that. And, and, well, Me and look, too. he's got – he's I mean, got – he wears two gloves. So what does it matter? Stupid. What does it matter? Like, he wears two gloves. <laughs> he spins it fine. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> All I right. know. I know. We're going Jonas made it. Again. Jonas made it very awkward. No, I thought yeah. we were doing – I thought we were doing evals here. We're not doing evals? Oh, that's the combine. I Sorry like Matt that. Corral. That, but the point is, is whether it's Pickett or Corral or someone else, it could be since he's quarterback – it, it, the the point to me is is that there is a diamond in the rough. He's not pronounced as as a, a a Trevor Lawrence, but there is a diamond in the rough in 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 this draft. And the the question is for me, and I'm not even going to say the question. I'm saying the approach for me 
if I'm Jacksonville, get every dope offensive lineman that you can get with every single pick you have until you have a full offensive line. Until you have a full offensive line. And then you worry about receivers. I would I would concern myself with our offense and our offense starting with our offensive front from this moment on to make sure that I protect my most valuable asset on this team. And that would be my approach. I can't go wrong that way. We might not win a lot of games. We might still fall under a lot of criticism, a lot of fire. I'm going after building – uh, like, if you think about it, they had an anchor lineman when they first did it, right? They got ETN. He'll come back healthy next year. So you you possibly have a Fred Taylor in your backfield. But you do not have a Tony Baselli up front. And and for what it's worth, you don't have a Tony Brackens or a Marcus Stroud or or a, a, a Big Henderson uh, on your defensive front. They need to build their fronts. When, when Jacksonville was Jacksonville, they had a running attack. They had, by the way, one of the greatest receivers to ever do it in Jimmy Smith. Um, and, and they have Keenan McCardle on that team as well. They had a lot of talent, but they also had a quarterback, right? And, and so to me, I think, I think that they have to build up front if, they, if they're going to have any chance of turning things around in the AFC. They got to build their front and and move from there because you already have your QB. There's some people that think uh, the Steelers might be interested in uh, Kenny Pickett. I don't know if he'll be available. They're sitting at 15 right now. If they're going to pick, uh, it would probably I think take a move up. I think he, um, no, I think he'd be there. So, and that could be just the pit, you know, connection that the people are running with. But there is some talk that uh, you know, with Roethlisberger looking like this is it, that they're going to go in that direction. Oh, you maybe. think? Yeah, <laughs> just think so. Well, think I mean, I don't know. Ben? Maybe he's got a maybe he's got another year or two. You know, that's know, another man. they'll awful offense i mean i don't know what they're doing that canada Yeesh. i mean what do you some mean? of these guys man it'd be funny looking at my text message i'd be sick as hell watching the steelers play the way they play then i look down at my text message i feel my joint vibrating here's brady 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 going i'm just saying like you've got rope. you've got deontay johnson who i'm not saying i'm not gonna try to compare him to jalen waddle but he's versatile he can do some different things do something with them. Yeah. My God. Like, I, I'm sitting there watching the Dolphins put in all these different wrinkles and plays and, and credit Eric Studisville and credit George Godsey. But then, you know, you look at Pittsburgh, you're like, oh, here we go again. Same old stuff, man. It's just, it's hard to watch. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 